had a lot of things going on tonight, and uh, it's good to have uh, Dana Spencer, is that it? Dana Spencer, and she's uh, here, she's working with Humana, and uh, she had uh, responded on our website that she was going to be here uh, for the services tonight, so glad she was able to make it. Dana, where do you call home? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, that's awesome, yeah, I actually uh, been friends with the Delaney's for years, and uh, yeah, been to Shawnee, you got a wonderful camp, you guys still have the camp? That's a great camp over there, yeah, so Kentucky. That's an awesome place, Bluegrass State. <laughs> well, good to, have, good to have her with us tonight. I hope you, you'll say hi to her afterwards. And so tonight, I'm, we're going to look at a portion of Scripture. And, uh, you know, as a, as a pastor, uh, Christmas time always is interesting because, you know, you, you think about the Christmas story and you don't want to just kind of keep rehashing the same messages. And so I was just asking the Lord, God, what do you want me to speak on this Wednesday night? And I'm going to look at a portion of the, of the Word of God that I've never looked at the way I looked at it, the way God brought me to it for Christmas. And I hope maybe it comes across, maybe you get from it what God gave me, maybe not. But I'll tell you what, what you're going to hear tonight is all Bible. I think you'll enjoy it. And I've entitled it, Rejoice to See My Day. Rejoice to See My Day. Now, uh, look at this portion of Scripture that we're going to, we're going to draw from tonight. In John chapter number 8, beginning in verse number 33. Now, to set the stage here, Jesus is in his earthly ministry. He's dealing with uh, Pharisees. He's dealing with Jews. He's dealing with their attitudes toward him. And I want you to kind of have that in your mind as we pick up this conversation. Look what it says. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to, uh, to any man, how sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Is that a true statement? Okay. So it, he says here, And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son, notice that capital S, abideth ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed. So would you say there from that statement that Jesus was validating what they said? That they said, hey, we're Abraham's seed. Jesus says here, he says, I know that you are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth which I have heard of God. This did not, uh, he says here, you seek to kill me, a man that told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the works of your father. They, uh, then said they to him, we be, born, uh, we be not born of fornication. We have, uh, we have one father, even God. Jesus saith unto them, if, ye were God, if God were your father, ye would love me. 
for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word, ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a, he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory, there is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou hast the devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom, thou, whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar unto you, but I know him and keep his sayings. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus saith, said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now, hopefully you, you get the thrust of what's going on here. I mean, it's a, it's a major, we're Abraham's seed. We're, we're children of Abraham. And Jesus is trying to tell them who he is, that he is, he is the son of God. And yet, you see the, the argument that is going on. And then Jesus says the statement that really got me when he says here, and we looked at it, he says, your father, Abraham, he rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And I sat there thinking about that, thinking about he saw my day. And he rejoiced and was glad. Now certainly you look at this passage tonight and you, you see these Jews who claim to be the seed of Abraham. And that was according to the flesh. As we saw there, Jesus admitted that he agreed with their claim that it was a valid one. The Jews of Jesus' day, many of them were unbelievers. They were 
doubters. You see the end of this chapter that we just looked at. They were standing, positioning themselves, really kind of howling like wolves around the Lamb of God. They were, they were, they were getting ready to do to him what the Bible records what happened to Stephen in the book of Acts. Because the Bible says that they were eager to devour him. They wanted to pick up stones and take his life. Amazing when you think about it, because these, if they were the children of Abraham, remember what the Bible calls Abraham? The Bible calls Abraham the friend of God. So here's Abraham, the friend of God. They say they're the children of Abraham. If Abraham was God's friend and they were his children, they should have been friends of God. But you have the children of Abraham the children of the friend of God seeking to kill the son of God. Abraham was a man, according to the word of God, he was worthy to be called the father of the faithful. Look again what the Bible says. Your father, Abraham, he rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Now, of all the things, and there's a lot of great things, we're, we're not necessarily doing a study on Abraham's life tonight, but there were so many great things that happened in Abraham's life. But I think about everything that happened in the Bible in Abraham's life, all that he took part in, I really believe that the crown of Abraham's life was what the Bible is referring to in verse 56. Because the Bible records that he saw Christ's day 2,000 plus years before it happened. I mean, he, he saw the, the Christ day. You know, the, this, this should be true for each one of us is, look, what is Christmas? It's Christ day. I mean, look, he, he saw it before it happened. We live after it happened. If he saw it the way he did and he rejoiced in it and was glad about it, then do you think that Christmas should just be another day? We should rejoice in it. We should be glad about Christmas, what Christmas represents. And when I think about this passage here, look, if you and I would see Christ's day the way Abraham saw it, then I, I'll tell you this, all will be well with us. Look what it says in Matthew 13, verse 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see. And your ears, because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. I've been around some folks over the years, and listen, I've got so much learning yet to do. I mean, God's teaching me every day. God taught me some things today. But I've been around some people that, that not only are older, they're age-wise, but they've got, they've got degrees hanging on their wall. They've got more accolades than I can think about. And I get around them, and I realize that although they have all this knowledge, they don't see what God wants them to see. They don't hear what God wants them to hear. 
There will be people this month in these next couple days that will be living among us. There will be people that will be here Saturday night and they will be here on Sunday morning and they'll come in and they'll see the exact same things that you see and they'll hear the exact same things that you hear and they'll walk out of those doors the exact same way they walked in. They just won't see it. They won't hear it. When I think about this passage tonight, I want to think about this, first of all, in what respects did Abraham see Christ's day? I mean, the Bible says he he rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. He was glad. Now, the term there, my day, Jesus said, my day. Now, you have to be careful because, you know, some of you that have studied the Word of God a long time or maybe, maybe have spent a lot of time in the Bible... You know, there, there's certain things because I even, even, even bring in this message and I have to be careful because, and I, I won't get into this tonight, but if you use the term the Lord's day, that's something totally different than what we're talking about tonight. The day of the Lord, that's totally different. And, and if you're right now, you're like, what are you talking about? Study the Bible. Maybe we'll get into that sometime. But see, the thing is, is that I have to be careful even as I'm teaching tonight because the exact terminology from the Word of God is, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Well, it's Jesus talking. He's talking about the day of Christ. He says he he rejoiced and he saw it and he was glad. Now, this term refers to Christ's day, the day that I believe that we'll talk about Christmas where you see the day of his humiliation, where Jesus came and he dwelt among us. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2, look at this. He made himself. Let's say those words together. He made himself. Say it again. He made himself. Nobody made him. Jesus on his own volition. He made himself of no reputation. He, God didn't throw this, he took upon himself the form of a servant. Jesus came not to be ministered to, but to minister. Remember the discussion with the disciples about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And they were talking to the one who, who honestly should have been being waited on. That everybody should have been doing everything. Boy, listen, I'm going to tell you, if I'd have been around and my heart was right with God, I would have done everything I could for Jesus. By the way, I still want to do everything for Jesus. The Bible says he took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He, just like I put on my jacket before I came in here tonight, Jesus took human flesh and he robed himself he became a man without ceasing to be god the bible tells us that he saw listen abraham saw this he saw the christ day the day of his humiliation look had the jews had the, the jews understood what it was that christ came to this earth for then listen honestly the time that he was here would have been an entire time of jubilee for the, for the Jewish people. They would have rejoiced. 
But the fact is they missed it. They didn't see it. They're still looking for his coming. I remember Robert, I don't know if you remember Robert, maybe Roman, but one of the days we were in the Holy Land, we had an opportunity to go to, to the, to the, to the uh, I believe it was going to the temple area, and we were on this, this kind of elevated, uh, kind of a, a bridge, kind of a catwalk thing that, that actually was over the, west, the Wailing Wall. Remember that? And we were going across that, and it was enclosed in, and we heard this noise, and, and, and as we were walking, we stopped, and our, our, our guide was with us, and, uh, and we were standing there, we were looking out, and there must have been 50, 30, 50 young teenage girls, and they were all standing like in a semicircle. Do you remember that? They were, they were all standing in this semicircle, and they were singing. And, I, and, I, and, and we were kind of leaning out. We were, I was trying to listen, couldn't understand it because it was, all, it was all Hebrew. And I said to our guide, I said, hey, what are they singing? They were all singing in unison. And, and he started to kind of sing a little bit of it. And I said, what does that mean? And he's, he basically said, he goes, it's a song that they sing because they're, they're, they're singing about waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And I thought, how sad. He's already been here. They missed it. And when he says here that Abraham, he rejoiced to see my day. How did Abraham see Christ's day? And there's three things that I saw in the word of God. Notice, first of all, how he saw the day that Jesus is referring to. He saw it by faith. Now, the, the way he saw it is he saw it by a faith that was a far-reaching faith. His faith was a clear-sighted faith. Abraham not only looked forward, and that's what he did. He looked forward some 2,000 years to see his day, but he actually, listen, according to this passage, according to verse 56, he actually had been given sight of it. He had seen it. The Bible says he saw it and he rejoiced at at some point in history, Abraham had not only seen the day of Christ in a, in a messianic sense, but he had been given a vision of something that to him was personal and it was intimate. Now, can you think of somebody else in the Bible that God showed them a vision of something and it became very personal, very intimate? How about Paul? God showed Paul in a vision. How about Peter? When Peter fell into a trance and God showed him something. Hey, listen, this isn't the first time that God in his word uses visions to show somebody. And yet he's writing here and he says to them, as he's standing there talking to them about their father, Abraham, he says, hey, look, he says, you're missing it. It's not about Abraham. It's about me. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day. And he was glad that he had an opportunity to see it. Now, we're not told. Look, I, I searched today, and maybe you're a better Bible scholar than I am. I could not find anywhere in God's Word where it records when, when Abraham received the vision. You just took one of my points. <laughs> but
But you're right. Yes, sir. Galatians 3, 8. That, and, and you've read this before, and I thought when you did, I was like, right on. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, foreseeing that God would uh, justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel to Abraham. So Jesus preached to Abraham. Abraham saw it. Abraham believed it. Yep. And therein lies his faith. Yep. And that's it. faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right. So, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. When you get into this study, it's an amazing study. Yeah, so, so, so look here, as, as we think about this, here's what happens is that, that the Lord doesn't necessarily, when you look at it, what God does is he, he simply, as Jesus is dealing with these Jews, what does he share with them? Well, he had already mentioned that he's sharing with them the truth. He says, I've told you the truth, the truth shall make you free. So he shares this simple truth with them. That, that God had told Abraham what was going to happen, the day of Christ, the day of his birth. We call it Christmas. And what did Abraham do when God showed it to him? He rejoiced. That's what the Bible says. He believed that the Lord would come. Look at this. Look what he believed. Galatians 4, uh, while he was in chapter 3, chapter 4, verse 4. When the fullness of time was come. Well, listen, was Galatians 4, 4 the end of time? No, it was the time that God chose to send his son. God could have chosen to send Jesus anytime, any place, anywhere. But the Bible says here in Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Well, why did he send him? Verse 5, to redeem them that are under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. See, Abraham believed that. Look what else he believed. He believed Genesis 3.15, where God said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. He says here, and between thy seed and her seed. Now watch this. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Abraham believed that. By faith, he saw. The Bible records here. He saw with a heart of gladness the coming of the Lord. Because think about it, the first coming, well, there's a word that oftentimes is used at Christmas time, the word advent, means coming. The, the first advent of Jesus Christ is Christmas. The second advent of Jesus is not the rapture, because he's not coming back to the earth. It's the second coming of Christ, when he comes back to rule and reign. So when you, when you look at this, he, was, he had a glad heart. The Bible says it. There, there was, listen, I, I love what somebody said. There is no seeing unless there is believing. You can't see it unless you believe it. See, oftentimes we say what? Seeing is believing. That's not what the Bible teaches. Understand that it is this matter of believing and seeing. Abraham, what did he see? He saw Christ's day afar off. And he was glad. Look at John chapter 20, verse 29. Jesus said, 
Now, he's talking to Thomas here. Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Have you ever seen Jesus with your physical eyes? If you're saved tonight, you believed him by faith. That's what he says here. So, so what is one of the respects? What's one of the ways that, that Abraham saw Christ's day? He saw it by faith. Notice, secondly, he saw it through the promises. The promises. Brother, Brother Flynn was over in the book of Genesis. Here's another place, another great place. Now, follow these promises that God gave to him. Genesis 22. Do you remember the passage where God told him to take his son Isaac? Right? And, and, and of course, the Bible says here, that in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In thy seed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. When Look, if it was just, and by the way, it's not. If it was just this one promise alone, it would have been enough for Abraham to know that based on God's promises, does God keep all of his promises? God ever broke a promise that he gave to you? Not to me. So listen, if it would have been just this one promise... Abraham knew that God would someday give him a seed that through that seed that all the nations of the earth would be blessed as a result of that. Why? Because it's God's promise. It's, look at it again. It says, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So if we want to see Christ, how many of you want to see Christ? You know a good way you can see Christ? Pick up the telescope of God's promises and look through that telescope. Look through the very promises of God because that's what Abraham did. Abraham looked through the telescope of the promise that God gave him that it would be through his seed that all the nations of the earth would be blessed. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Look at Joshua 20, 21, verse 45. Maybe you haven't seen this verse, but I love this. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. How much of it came to pass? All of it. Not one promise of God has ever fallen to the ground. And so when you think about how Abraham saw Christ's day, look at 2 Corinthians 1, 20. All the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen. To the glory of God. God. God is good. God is amazing when it comes to his promises to us. And Abraham realized that. And it's amazing what we can see when we put an eye of faith to it. Boy, I don't know if I can give to missions. Put an eye of faith to it. I don't know if I can see, Pastor, uh, Christmas the way you're describing, the way Abraham saw it. Put an eye of faith to it. God will show you something that maybe you've never seen before. Hey, listen, even when you read your Bible, things not seen naturally, listen, become visible to the eye of faith. We must exercise faith. And Abraham saw, <laughs> the Bible says it here, he rejoiced to see my day. Well, how did he do that? He saw it by faith. He saw it through the promises. Look at thirdly, he saw it in types. T-Y-P-E-S. I love, 
It's, a, it's called a study of typology in the Bible. So it's a wonderful study. It, it, it maybe spend some time. There's a lot of different types of things in the Bible. And, and it, I'll just give you a couple in regards to what respect maybe Abraham saw Christ's day. Here's the first one is the man by the name of Melchizedek. Boy, I wish we had more time, but Abraham met Melchizedek, and the Bible describes him as the priest of the Most High God. Now, when you study Melchizedek, it, the Bible's pretty clear. It literally talks about how the man had no beginning. It's almost like he just appeared, and he was there forever. And listen, if there ever was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what Melchizedek was. Now, you remember what the Bible says that Abraham did to Melchizedek? He gave him tithes. He honored him. He held him up in high regard. As a matter of fact, when you think about this, Abraham recognized Melchizedek as one greater than himself. But when you study the scriptures, there's one greater than Melchizedek. And that one is Jesus. Melchizedek is a type of Christ. Look in your notes, Hebrews 7. And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. This was one of the types where it, Melchizedek helped uh, Abraham to see the day of Christ, to see the birth of Christ even before it happened. Listen, blessed are the men and women who with the very same eyes of Abraham have seen Christ beneath the robes of Melchizedek. That honestly, that person that Abraham was honoring, listen, if, if we should not honor man, but we definitely should honor God. And Melchizedek was a type that helped Abraham to rejoice in the day that he would see the Christ. Notice another type that we see in the Bible is that Abraham saw Christ's day in the type known as Isaac, his son. And again, there's so many wonderful illustrations for the sake of time. Uh, Isaac, we all know that he was the son of Abraham in his old age, right? That, that this was the son of promise, the one that he had waited so long for, and he looked upon his son and when Abraham realized that he was such an old man, he understood that this son did not come by his strength of nature, that he came by the visitation of God. Well, when you think about that type, in other words, the only way that he had that son was because of the power of God. Well, then you look in our Christmas story, look in Luke one thirty-five, where the angel said unto Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Remember what Mary said, how can this be? I don't get it, I don't understand it. But you know what I realized as I studied through this is that Jesus really is our true Isaac. He is God's Son. Our mouth, like Abraham's, should be filled with his praises. 
Isaac was displaying Jesus. Remember the whole passage in Genesis 22 where God instructs Abraham to take his son and to go up on a mount known as Moriah. He takes his son up there and as he goes up there, of course, he says, we have the fire and we have the wood, but aren't we missing something? And he says, God himself will provide. And that's exactly what God did. Abraham laid, Isaac, excuse me, laid his life down, a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Genesis 22 and verse 2, he says, take now thine, thine son, here's his instruction from God, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there. God so loved the world that he gave. God offered his son. You see, Abraham rejoiced to see the, the Lord's day. Well, how did he do that? He did that, he saw it by faith. He saw it through the promises he saw it in the types. There's so many things. But notice, secondly tonight, what are the effects of this vision that, that God had showed him, that came upon him? Well, I love this because you go back to the verse, and the Bible says here that Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. What kind of effects should Christmas have on you? Well, look at the effects it had on him. The word rejoiced. I love the word here, he rejoiced. Here's what the word literally means. It means to leap for joy. He rejoiced. He leaped for joy. He, he was made glad because he rejoiced to see his day. His heart, as somebody put it, was his heart danced within him at the very thought that Jesus, who was God, would come in the flesh and that he would get to see that. See, he rejoiced. Now notice, not only that, but look at the verse. Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and watch this, and was glad. Now here's the thought, and, and the, you study the words, the very words themselves. Here's what you're going to find, and I hope, you, I hope this comes across, because I, I'm going to tell you something. I never saw this before. He rejoiced, and then he was glad. He was leaping for joy. He was so excited, he was, he, was, he was just beside himself, but then all of a sudden he appeared to be in a calm attitude of intense gladness. Ever get around a, a new Christian? They're excited about everything. They want to charge hell with a squirt gun, you know? I mean, they're so excited about everything because all things are new. But oftentimes, the longer we're saved, it's not necessarily that the newness wears off, but what gets us through life as a Christian is the same thing that happened in Abraham. It's displayed right here. He rejoiced to see his day, and he saw it and was glad. It wasn't that he got over it. It was just that there appeared now an, an attitude of intense gladness. And when we first meet the Lord, we're excited about things too. But listen, what should get us through the Christian life and get us through the Christmas season is a steadiness, a calming attitude. Listen, the Bible doesn't say that Enoch ran with God. Enoch walked with God. 
sometimes I, I get around some people, and, and you probably have heard people say they'll see somebody that's, that's just really on fire for God. That's how, that's, that's how they'll say it. Boy, he's on fire for God. You know what happens with fire? It goes out. A lot of times I see people that, you know, Pastor, listen, I, uh, I just want to do this. I want to do that. And, 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 and before long, it's like two weeks or maybe a couple months. And again, I wish it wasn't so, but a lot of times that person's not even around anymore. Yes, we, we should rejoice like Abraham did. But listen, we should be glad. We should spend every day like Enoch did, walking with God. Abraham had an inward joy, but there was this calm gladness that helped him in his life. And we need that same inner joy that's coupled with a calm gladness in our lives. So in what respects do you see the Lord's day, the coming of Christ, the, the day of Christ? What effects do the sights of His day have on us? I mean, when you think of Christmas, do you see it the way Abraham saw it? That he rejoiced to see his day and he saw it and he was glad? Or is it, ah, bah, humbug, right? That's kind of the way a lot of people are. Even Christians, we, we get weary and maybe sad, distressed sometimes. But you know, when you see the sights of his day like Abraham did, you know what it's going to do? It's going to make you glad. I love that little song years ago. I don't, I don't know where, maybe a chorus or something we used to sing. He hath made me glad. He hath made me glad. I will rejoice for he hath made me glad. That's a good little song just to walk around singing. The birth of Christ ought to make us glad. Abraham rejoiced to see his day. He saw it. And he was glad. Christmas. Do you rejoice in Christmas? Do you see it for what it is? Are you glad we get to celebrate the birthday of a king? Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Lord, thank you for this evening. Lord, I, I, I don't know if anyone here tonight saw what I saw as I studied the word. Maybe they did. I pray they did. But Lord, I think about Abraham, how exciting that was for, for you to allow him to see Lord, maybe a Christophany, a Theophany, 2,000 years before, maybe a, some type of Messianic, as Brother Wally shared the scriptures, how God, you showed him, and it was, it was by faith, the promises, the types that you used in his life, and, and although we're not Abraham, we have your word in its entirety. We have all of it to look at. Christmas ought to be a special time. Where would we be as Christians without Christmas? We'd be lost. But because Jesus came, we have eternal life. We ought to rejoice to see his day. We ought to, we ought to be glad and rejoice in it. Lord, help us to do just that. Thank you again for this passage, Lord, as... I've never looked at it this way before, but as I believe we've done justice to the Word of God tonight, that we might look at it differently now every time we look at it here in John chapter number 8. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for allowing us to celebrate the birth of your Son, 
Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.